Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I am in Milan and I am in the showroom of Borsalino, the iconic and epic hat makers of Italy, a company that's 162 years old. And I have the pleasure of sitting in front of the creative curator, uh, Ingeniere Giacomo Santucci. Ingeniere is such a hard word for me to pronounce, but I'm going to try to do it well. <laughs> you did well, <laughs> by the way. Thank Congrats. you for joining me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And um, I'm Giacomo Santucci. I've been working in the fashion industry for... Does it work? Yeah, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. I, I'm always checking. <laughs> I've been working in this industry for quite a while, uh, almost uh, 40 years. And uh, I went through... I've been very lucky because I've, I've been through the most incredible companies and brand names, such as uh, Ferrex Salvatore Ferragamo in the 80s in different capacities. Uh, I started up as assistant to the managing director, to Mr. Ferruccio Ferragamo, and uh, my career took me through different roles, international marketing director, general manager, and CEO of the company. After Ferragamo, I, I joined Prada, and that was an incredible challenge as well. Prada was very small. I mean, now it seems impossible that uh, we know what Prada means and what Prada is about uh, today, but, uh, you know, the beginning, the end of the, the, the 80s, beginning of the 90s, we were such a small company, so I was part of this big development of the brand uh, that started up in Asia, and uh, a, again, I was a CEO for Asia Pacific, and I took over different responsibilities, still the big role of CEO for, uh, for the brand. I went through major acquisitions the end of the 90s, and again, I think uh, we were kind of pioneers because uh, acquisitions uh, were more related to the 2004, 2005 uh, kind of uh, times. And uh, we did, uh, as you remember, uh, I was at Prada, we did the Helmut Lang acquisition, Jill Sander in Hamburg, and uh, I made a joint venture with Louis Vuitton, and the company was uh, LVP. Louis Vuitton Prada, and we bought Fendi. So we've been so lucky I mean, to go through all these incredible experiences in terms of acquisition as well. And in 2001, I joined uh, Gucci as the president CEO. And, uh, and even uh, that moment of my life was uh, very fulfilling and very satisfactory because obviously I had the chance to work with Tom Ford and with Domenico De Sole, which was the president of the Gucci group. That must have been incredible. That was an incredible experience. I've been lucky, so all the experiences were incredible. Ferragamo, Frada, Mucha, working with Mucha, Mr. Bertelli was uh, such a thrill. It was such a learning curve. I learned a lot, you know, from Mr. Bertelli. Um, and Ferragamo and Dolce Gabbana and, uh, were incredible too. So after all these uh, CEO's positions, I would say it was a moment for me to focus a little bit more on my personal life because uh, I had problems with my parents. So I thought it was the right time for me to devote uh, part of my time to my parents. And unfortunately, obviously, we're 
both of them they were in difficult times they were very sick so I lost my father in 2009 and then I lost my mother four years on the road but you know I made the right choice because it's important in everybody's life I mean to really understand priorities and values and that you know, in my life, I, I've been taught uh, to give such an importance, I mean, to family values and to these kind of things. So I decided to step out uh, from these big uh, roles and to be consultant instead. And that's what I'm doing now. You know, I've been through these wonderful projects, even as a consultant with uh, Montclair. You know, they turn around to Montclair, they're back to back from Mittal to Carlisle, and, uh, you know, many, many projects. I'm sitting in different boards. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, among other things, as I was uh, mentioned to you before, I crossed uh, this wonderful brand, which is uh, Borsalino. And uh, just because of uh, a very curious meeting with a friend of mine that was a CEO at the time for Borsalino, he introduced me the, I would say, the financial guy, Filippo Camp Camperio. Uh, that was uh, about I mean to I mean to buy the company it was going through all this uh, can I call it like chapter 11 situation for the brand and uh, since I've been always fascinated by heritage and by heritage brands I thought um, one, one moment in your life you have to give back what you took uh, your entire life so I thought it was the right moment to to leverage on my experience, on my interest in archives and heritage, and with this token, to use, uh, I would say, for the very first time in my life, my uh, degree in art. Because uh, Borsellino gave me the chance, I mean, to really restudy the territory of the brand. Because uh, when you look at the brand, uh, it says, Casa, Antica Casa Fondata, founded in 1857. Yeah, obviously, to me, as a historian of art as well, it means a lot. Because I could envisage the way Mr. Borsellino was looking at, at the world at that moment in time. And, and from, from a very small town, too, correct? Yeah, from Alessandria. From Alessandria, exactly. But Mr. Borsellino was such an curious person, very curious, and there was such a big traveler. So obviously, he was spending a lot of time in France, in Paris, and uh, he was traveling to UK, to London, uh, quite often. So in the moment in time, I mean, UK was such a reference in art. As you know, I mean, obviously, the end of the 19th century was the beginning of industrialization, and people were becoming a little bit richer. The middle class was, I would say, booming, but was uh, increasing, and people were in need of uh, furnishing houses. That was the moment where lifestyle started. Mm. And uh, since the machinery were not as good as nowadays, obviously, so the output of the machines were not very good aesthetically, uh, the, there was an incredible contribution of uh, artists stepping to the lifestyle objects, whether it was a piece of furniture, uh, glass or uh, wallpaper, illustration, graphics. So there were an incredible moments in UK. If you, uh, the, the most important movements at the time were arts and craft. Yeah. Uh, arts and craft has been founded by William Morris, which was one of the most incredible artists and other incredible 
artist was Ruskin, uh, Mr. Macamurdo, Owen Jones, uh, the biggest illustrator ever that illustrated Shakespeare for many, many years, Audrey Bursley. Oh, Audrey Bursley, yeah. Yes, exactly. So the, uh, Mr. Vassalino was looking at all these wonderful things happening at the time, including the expo. I mean, next year it would be a major expo in Dubai, and Mr. Vassalino attended one of the biggest in London, and uh, uh, the architect uh, that conceived the structure of the expo was Paxton. And Paxton made uh, an incredible, uh, in, in the, a member, I mean, still now, but obviously 19th century, London was a Victorian as the architecture is concerned. And uh, he came out to this incredible structure, is like a cage, like a nursery. Uh, made out of steel, uh, iron, and uh, glass, which was revolutionary, obviously, at the time. Nowadays, we call it minimalism, but <laughs> in the 19th century, it was, some, it was definitely something. So I tried to recreate uh, the elements of uh, the territory, in a way, because... Uh, as you know, Bossolino is a classic, uh, um, I mean, the reputation of Bossolino is a, is a um, classic brand, and uh, in terms of uh, genders, it's definitely men's. What at the beginning was definitely more men's. So just to give our listeners um, just a, an idea of what we're talking about, if you haven't heard of a Bossolino, which I would find very odd if you haven't heard, but the Bossolino is, this, is an iconic hat, well, uh, the, there is the Borsellino hat, yes. and then there's the Borsellino brand, and it's this iconic men's hat that Marcio Mastriani wore, and you can see Belmondo, Jean Paul Belmondo, Anthony Bogart, Bogart, Bergman wore it. Yes, um, absolutely. And I've seen Pedro Almodovar wear it. I wear Borsellino hats. I wear Borsellino men's hats all the time, and um, you know it is it is a, a, a men's uh, the kind of hat you'll see a very lovely man very lovely dressed man wearing it on the street and a lovely dressed woman. And it, it represents Italian savoir-faire. Absolutely. It's about uh, whether you say it in English or in French, it's always the same. In English, it's know-how. I mean, the know-how and the heritage of the brand still remains. It doesn't mean that you're going to change the DNA of the brand, which is quality, craftsmanship. That's why I was uh, uh, referring to that period of time because that's uh, the boom of arts and craft. And if you have to think about uh, how to position the brand, it's definitely arts and craft. Yes. And uh, so the craftsmanship and the, uh, the savoir-faire, uh, the know-how and the skills, the manufacturing skills for classic hut, men's huts, still remains. And there's a jewel of the crown for us. So we want to keep it as much as we can. We're going to treasure as much as possible this element. It's going to stay forever. But with the same token, uh, obviously, that's why I'm saying I'm trying to understand exactly what was going on at the, that moment in time it, to take uh, the most creative part of it, it to communicate, I mean, to the nowadays world that uh, the beauty of the moment that Mr. Borsalino was watching, he was experiencing himself, can be conveyed in a way, I mean, to younger consumer. So the, the issue nowadays is like uh, either to stay in that niche of classic men's hut, which still is still, we, we are still there, obviously, we're not going to uh, take, get rid of this, because as I said, as a, we're going to put it in a different case as a piece of jewel. But with Zentog, the question we have to, uh, uh, to, to answer is uh, what we want to do with the brand 
for the future? And the answer, I think, is very simple. Borsellino, just take into account what we said so far, deserves I mean, to be the leader in the hot business regardless the gender. And now we live in, a, in, a, in the world of fluid gender, inclusiveness, all this uh, new value system, which is not new, but the emphasis we give to this, uh, uh, I would say, topics or conversation, it's very important, particularly for the young generation. So the only way I mean to talk I mean, to the younger people is definitely to leverage on this, all these values, and uh, the value system really belongs to the DNA of the brand because it's a heritage. So we have the responsibility, I mean, really to ride the right, the right wave in a way in terms of value system. But we doesn't talk, I mean, to be leader means that we have to start a new dialogue not only with the young generation, but with the different target groups. And obviously, if we talk about hot business, I mean, the ladies, uh, business is becoming more and more important. If you look at the fashion shows in the last, uh, I would say, five years, more and more, whether you look at Christian Dior or Gucci or <laughs> the most relevant brands, I mean, the hat is always on the runaway. So it's a sign of um, self-expression in a way. It's a and sign it's of identity. The, it's also off the runway in streetwear. It's, well. Exactly. So obviously, when we talk about ladies, the fashion touch, I would say, it's relevant, but when we talk I mean, to younger people, the street side of fashion is, is becoming relevant as well. So what I'm trying to, obviously, is a, is a long journey. What I'm trying to do is to really let uh, Borsellino start this kind of discussion that he never had before, for obvious reasons, because there were different times. But now we have the chance, the chance, and the, the I would say the uh, the fortune. I mean, to start this kind of discussion with ladies and with the young generation. So what I did obviously is uh, to go back to the past. So it's always the I would say in, in Latin we say coincidence oppositorum. <laughs> so the dialogue of uh, past uh, tradition and uh, modernity. Uh, which is crucial because it's a dialectics that really works in conveying a lot of messages. I mean, to, to, get, to get from the past uh, this uh, territory, to be credible for what we put in the territory. That's why I go back I mean, to the, mean the, uh, the end of the 19th century, because that was the world that Mr. Borsellino was watching. It was the world he was describing in his letters, I mean, his, in his documents, and um, somehow in his archives as well. So I'm trying to take all this. Uh, obviously, you couldn't use it in the 19th century. You couldn't put uh, like uh, a brush or a patch on, uh, on top of a classic hat. But nowadays, uh, just walking on the street, uh, just thinking about the street wear and the ladies' fashion, we can play with these elements. Well, we do. can be playful. It's still maintaining this uh, attitude of the 19th century, which is joie de vivre which is the joyful part of life, to be ludic, to be fun, to be obviously contemporary. But we doesn't talk, as I said before, to have a, a topic of a discussion because every single group of hearts can embrace a different challenge. Like uh, if I wear a turban, you know, turban uh, relates I mean, to different culture, so it's a way to communicate I mean, to completely different kind of uh, cultures. But with this token, I can even embrace uh, they fight a woman against the tumor, for example, because they lose the hair, and they face the problem, how am I going to look fantastic even, even though I lose hair, I'm going to wear a wonderful turban. 
or I can uh, have a discussion about nature, you know, embrace another topic or discussion, which is the sustainability, or which is uh, whatever. I mean, the elements of discussion are so so many. And the, 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 the hut is an accessory at the end. So as a less mental inertia. I mean, garment is more difficult because the people may feel more comfortable, less comfortable. But hat at the end is like a handbag, like a pair of shoes. You get you there. Well, you know, that's what I noticed with this collection. I had a chance to walk through. I, I, lo I love the fall collection, but I had a chance to look at the spring 2020 collection. Yeah, that's uh, my first first collection and because that was my very first is, one. It is so much fun. And actually hearing you talk about the arts and crafts in the mid-1800s, and now I, now I see. So just to give everybody an idea of what we're looking at, traditionally we'll look at, you know, a lovely, a lovely Panama hat or the Borsellino hat, but what... Ingenita but they're still there. They're yeah, still, still there. there. Yes. What Ingenita Santucci has also brought along, <laughs> there are, first of all, I love the baseball caps. There's a very cool, colorful baseball cap with, um, is it Lucite, the visor? Yes, absolutely. So it's this translucent colored visor. Um, there are beautiful painted hats. Uh, the women's pan hand painted. Hand painted, yes. I mean, and there is that is that straw? Is that a raffia? How are, I'm, I'm not sure the material. Yeah, it's, a, it's that kind of material, yes. It's very much like that because you have to paint on top of it so as to have the right, uh, I would say, material or something to keep the colors in a way. And there are turbans. But again, I mean, the Asin Craft, uh, the hand-painted things. Is the Lavorazione, craft, yeah. Exactly, which obviously gets back to them. So the history is there, but we just not talk it's a modern graphic way I mean, to represent ourselves in a way. So the hat is very classic in a way. The shape is classic, but the way you play with the hat, you, you paint it in a way, it gives a different attitude, a different flavor, a different, you feel different. Obviously, it's a different customers as well. And uh, even the, all the patches, yeah. like the Borsellino, we call it, uh, I don't even remember the way we call it, but, you know, the patch with the Borsellino in mm. a very gothic graphic. Oh, the emblem, yes. Yeah, the emblem, exactly. The emblem, I mean, uh, it got the inspiration from uh, a, an artist that is still 19th century, John Talbot. Oh. So I, I confess uh, in uh, all transparency that I get inspired for credible artists in that moment in time. So I always go back, I mean, to 1857, I go, always go back, I mean, to the inspiration coming from the, the end of the 19th century. We obviously reinterpreting because all the, like the brush, all the leaves, uh, it's like a piece of jewel, which obviously reminds me of Lalique in France uh, uh, in that moment in time as well. So obviously I'm trying to play with all these elements because they're credible for Borsellino because Borsellino was there. Okay, but now I can use it, you know. Yeah. In the 19th century, the men's people that couldn't ever, I mean, to think, I mean, to wear a hat like this. But now with the young generation, with the fashion and all this business, I can be more playful. I can express, I would say, 100% of this joie de vivre, this joy of life. I mean, the fun part to play with the product. But with this token, I said that the most relevant, which is the strategy for the future, is really to embrace a value system. So I would, I would, that's why I define myself as a creative curator. Because for me, it's a curating the brand. So mm -hmm. embracing discussion with different people, regardless, can be an artist, can be an industrial designer, can be a politician, can be, uh, can be a normal person, it, to have a curatel, to have a curation of some topic we discuss together. It can be one of the topics we've just uh, pointed out before. Hey, we just talk it to 
to express, I mean, the dialogue in digital with the right customers and uh, keep going in that direction. So it's more curatorial kind of approach, I mean, to the brand. Well, I, I'm totally enjoying it because I, I love hats and, um, and I, I wear them all the time. But one of the things that I thought was so fascinating about this collection is that there it's, it gives me more variety. Yes, exactly. Um, that's the aim. And, and that's really great because it means like, I mean, I'm going to say it in very labored terms. I can spice up a look. I mean, you can know, I've always found that a hat is an incredible, an incredible yeah, but, you know, piece. Every single customer nowadays deserves, I mean, to play with the brand in different situations as well. Uh, first of all, you embrace, uh, um, I would say, um, one discussion because we love sustainability so if there was a product it's like a souvenir of that discussion yeah. you take it but with this target just uh, approaching the product in a traditional way if you have a wonderful classic tailleur uh, you can wear it with a classic Panama with a classic Fedora so you go back I mean, to the really classic Borsalino but if you have uh, a cocktail evening dress or a more casual uh, situation you still want to play with the brand but now you have the assortment and the variety so you can have a baseball cap so you can have a marine cap you can have so many marine occasions. caps are beautiful I love, I love them all but if you see the collection there are elements that the cross uh, they, they I use the cross the old collection so in different ways sometimes the piece of jewels I call it hot jewels mm -hmm. like the tiara but the same element... Oh, I, I didn't see the tiara. The tiara is there. I will show you later. But the same element is like the belt. Ah. Uh, it can be embroidered or it can be a patch. And obviously, by the time you use it in different ways, you can adjust it to different products at different price points as well. Obviously, if it's a metallic tiara, it costs more. But if it's a patch on a baseball cap, it definitely costs uh, definitely less. So this, we try to, I mean, to use the same elements to to feel uh, owner of that territory, but still maintain the dialogue, the dialogue across uh, different customers. Now, may I ask you a few questions about Please. Borsellino? And I, I read, because I, I told you I do a little research, <laughs> and I read that there are some ideas for collaborations, and one in particular caught my eye, which was Borsellino and Sakai, the Japanese brand? Yes, yes, yes. Obviously, when I had the interview you are referring to, that's the curatorial side. Because mm -hmm. when I said, uh, when you defend your territory, you, I would say, embrace this kind of approach to the brand. So for me, brand is a discussion, as I said before, which I love it because it gives a chance for me to open myself to the entire world. And we discuss, I can discuss with you, I can discuss with everyone. As long as there is a, a topic that gives capital, social capital value, in a way. Because that's the challenge for the young generation and for the future. Uh, that justifies as well the sustainable part of the business. So um, the, the question was, I'm sorry, I lost well, the myself. I, the question I was, I was asking about collaborations and I had heard. Uh, yes, was... the article you, you read. Yes, obviously, the, since uh, my approach is curatorial, my dream, let's call it dream so far, because uh, I had to start from a very specific ground that explains to people exactly what uh, I have in mind. But then... Uh, Obviously, you know that in business that a lot of things have to be checked out, like production, deliveries, I mean, price points, all these kind of things. But when the machine is ready, the curator definitely is going to give me the chance for me to talk to, to collaborate. But I don't like the, the word collaboration because it seems just a marketing thing. Mm -hmm. That's why I said uh, I want to embrace topics and value systems instead. 
uh, it's more, I mean, to be engaged according to the topic to so many brands. For example, it's just an example. If I want to go back, I mean, to the movie system or to the fashion in the 50s, for example, I can have a collab not collaboration, let's say, curatorial <laughs> project with Christian Dior, for example, right. or with Bellman for some reasons. Or if you want to discuss about uh, movies, I mean, we have incredible history about movies. You just mentioned the Bolle Mondo and Free Bogart. I can uh, do a special event with a film festival in Venice. Or for the street tour, I can have a collaboration or a curatorial project with Sakai because Sakai is such much in the band or Vigila Blow. Obviously, it's just a dream because I haven't talked to these people. But I think it's easy when you are when you are Borsellino because you are such an important brand. So you are not just the last uh, the last uh, brand sitting in the last row of the bus. But uh, but with the same token. Uh, we discuss about something. So if there is a value system behind, I don't think people will uh, uh, be reluctant in a way to say, no, I'm the one to discuss about women facing the problem of the tumor because it's, not, it's an opportunity to them as well. Mm -hmm. So we do it together to, to how do you say, sensibilize people I mean, towards uh, uh, how can improve the world at the end. How can improve ourselves? How we can feel more comfortable with ourselves? Uh, self uh, self expression i call it but we just need to I mean, to help the entire world i mean to move uh, to move forward i mean to move on oh well, you know i feel like you've let i mean you've you've gone completely off out of the box or out of the hat box so to speak this, <laughs> this is amazing because this wasn't at all i i i did not have any idea that of of this direction, I think it's I think it's incredible. Does it make know? sense for you? It completely makes sense, and it's mm, but it's really you. also nice. I mean, that's very encouraging because sometimes I mean, if you have interesting ideas and projects or uh, you know concepts, I mean to to work on, but you need to have an audience, and the audience uh, need to appreciate the idea, the concept, and uh, and everything. So if you like it, it's a good encouragement I mean, to move. Uh, to move on and to to keep going that direction. Well, I think it's. I mean, I think especially with heritage brands, it's it's really really important the conversations that you're bringing up because it's. I think it would be really easy just to be a heritage exactly, brand. Exactly. Exactly. But but what you're saying is no. You have to. I mean, you're completely bringing it to the relevancy of today and this next generation. Because we have that kind of responsibility. At the end, it's a really to be aware of the responsibility we have nowadays and not just to play with the heritage just. I mean, heritage is important. It goes without saying. We said we're going to keep it as much as possible. We're going to put it in the Tiffany case. But we just talking, I mean, the modernity is the way, the way you discuss, you communicate with the, with the future generation at the end. So I have one last question to ask you. Yes. How many hats should a person own? <laughs> You know, the answer is more or less what I was trying to articulate before. I want to have a, a very special relationship with the final consumer and to give it to them according to the different situations they want to face or the way they feel in that moment in time because in everybody's life um, you feel sad, you feel happy, you feel melancholic, you feel sexy. There are so many attitudes you may have. And uh, sometimes you have... Uh, difficulties in expressing that kind of feeling, that kind of attitude with a total look in a way. But with an accessory, in a very subtle way, you can definitely express that attitude and that feeling. So hats 
for me, it's a, that's why I talk about we are lucky because we're working on accessories. With the hat, we can definitely express that. We give the people, I mean, the chance in so many situations, in so many uh, ways, I mean, to express their own feelings. So I would love, I mean, to, for the consumer to have uh, many, many hats. I mean, if it was just a heritage and classic, how many classic hats you can buy? But if I give you uh, different ways, different reasons, obviously, I mean, to have this conversation, it's like having tea together and uh, all traveling. You go to a place, and you take a little postcard, a little souvenir of that experience, because at the end, it's an experience very important in your life. And uh, I would say many heart. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> you would tend to agree. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Well, thank you so much for taking well, the time to It's such a pleasure. a pleasure. I want to go see the tiara now. Will you oh, take absolutely. Me? Let's okay. go. Let's go immediately. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com, and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao, Bella, who continue to make me sound and feel great.